0: We're so thankful. Hey, what a birthday gift I got. Thank you for that. That was wonderful. That was wonderful, and I appreciate it. But I got, I got a birthday gift on my birthday that was fabulous, and that was Roe versus Wade got overturned. Praise God. And I, I, it's something that we've been praying for for a long time. Come on, give God a hand clap of praise for it thank you Jesus you know so so many times the the truth of something gets so bent out of shape and twisted that people don't even know what that was even about and in 73 when that became federal law it literally violated the Constitution to do that so we thank God for correcting that and we pray that millions of lives will be saved from that amen (laughs) well I had a wonderful birthday and the story concerning my birthday is also relates to the message today so let me share with you what happened it was my golden birthday I was turning 39 again and it was it was a wonderful day and so we went to Branson Missouri, and on my birthday I was supposed to go up in a hot air balloon ride and so we got there I called the guy he said hey it looks great I've had seven perfect days it's been beautiful tomorrow your ride it looks the forecast is beautiful I said great man we're excited and so we got up at 4 o'clock that morning had to be in the balloon by 530 well I'm sorry no we had to leave by 530 in the balloon there's something I learned about a hot air balloon do you know that in the summertime if you're doing a hot air balloon you have to be in the balloon riding between an hour and an hour and a half after sunrise and then you get to fly for an hour and you land if you wait any later than that it becomes too dangerous to fly because the earth's surface begins to get hot and it warms up and then they're trying to land that balloon and the heat from the earth is rising and it makes it very dangerous to navigate. We got up, 5.30, the guys there went outside to meet him and it was foggy. Only day for seven days it had been foggy. And he said, look, he said, we're, we're going to go ahead and go over to our launch site I'm hoping that the fog isn't thick over there and hopefully we can still do this so we get over there and would you believe when we got over there it was foggy and and we're, we're, we're sitting there and the guy feels horrible and he's trying to explain he said you know he said we could go on up he said once we get up he said it would be blue skies he said but the problem is is once you get up then you can't see where to land and I said no let, let's not go up let's just you know hang out where we're at and we'll be good so that gets canceled and I told Debbie I said it's okay you know she was really uh, upset that oh well we ended up doing a broadcast out of it I forgot about that when you know she got a broadcast out of my failed balloon ride and she you, you need to watch it she called it the Big D for disappoint, oh yeah, the big for disappointment, but we turned our disappointment into determination. So we were determined. So what we did is decide- I said it's okay. I said well, I'm going to take care of this baby. She's giving me this sign. I'm thinking, take it easy, honey. And so they, the uh, so we go to the landing and get down to the landing, and there's an amphibious ride down there where you can get in a convertible and they drive on the land and then right out into the lake and you you take a convertible through the lake so we set that up 7:45 p.m thought it's going to be wonderful man it'll be cool we're going to enjoy it still going to get to do a birthday ride 7:45 comes up we get down there and i walk down to where we're supposed to go and would you believe there's fog on the water smoke on the water i mean it's it's like it, it, it is rising up so thick we're looking and i'm i walked back up to the stand i said i think we got a problem he said what's that i said man i said it's so foggy down there you can't see he said oh we don't cancel for that we're, we're going anyway i said in the fog and, I, and I, he said yeah i said well i really didn't want to do the ride if i can't see anything but fog in front of me and he said we don't cancel for that i said well is this safe he said, I, he, he said yeah, I, I, I say it's safe. It's going to. And I'm, I'm looking at him thinking, you do know. I told him, I said, you do know that a duck sank a few years ago. And he goes, no, he said, it, it's going to be fine. And he said, if you're concerned, I'll talk to the captain. So we're down there. The captain comes in. The captain said, no, it's too dangerous. Amen. What are you clapping about? I lost my birthday right No, I'm kidding. No, I'm kidding. So, so we got fogged out again. Everybody say fogged out. So it ended up, we got, a, we got a broadcast out of it, and I ended up with a message out of it. So the name of the message today is Navigating the Fog. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your word because it's life. We just ask you to speak to us today, and we give you all the glory and the honor in Jesus' name. Amen. If you have your Bibles, go with me to Judges 6, starting with verse 6. So Israel was reduced to starvation by the Midianites. Then the Israelites cried out to the Lord for help. When they cried out to the Lord because of Midian, the Lord sent a prophet to the Israelites. He said, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says, I brought you up out of slavery in Egypt. I rescued you from the Egyptians and from all who opposed you. I drove out your enemies and gave you their land. I told you I am the Lord your God. You must not worship the gods of the Amorites in whose land you now live, but you have not listened to me. Navigating the fog. A few weeks ago when Eddie and Kathy were here, he was talking about walking in the fog in favor of God. But how many of you understand that there are two types of fog in our life? There's a favor of God, and then there's a fog of confusion. And God is not the author of confusion. Now, God's hand was on Israel. His favor rested on Israel. But they forgot him. You can't, how many of you know that if you want the favor of God on your life, you can't live just any old way? You can't act just any old way. You have to follow after him. You have to want to please him. How many of you, but let's look at it from a parent's perspective. How many of you parents love your children? Wave your hand if you love your children. If you love your children, okay. So here's my question. If you told your children not to do something and they did it anyway, Did you quit loving them? No. Did you throw them out of the house? No. What did you do? You corrected them. You tried to let them see what they were doing. But people say today, well, if you stop me from doing something, then you don't love me. You don't care about, you're not tolerant. Let that two-year-old play with matches because if you don't, you're not tolerant. Really? I thought that was, I don't because I love them. I don't because I don't want them hurt. We have to learn how to navigate the fog. Do you know you even have to learn how to navigate the favor of God? that God's favor doesn't rest on your life, just if we're, if we're living any kind of way or doing anything. And so they, they're starving and they don't know what to do. Anybody ever been in a place in your life where all of a sudden you were confused? Let me ask you this. How many of you have ever had something happen and it didn't happen the way you wanted it to happen? And then... You took that to mean that God doesn't love you or God doesn't care about you or God must not have his favor on your life anymore. See, sometimes we receive rejection when it wasn't rejection at all. Are you following me? That when we go through something that doesn't happen just exactly the way we want it, then we go to God and we start saying, I can't believe you did this. I can't. Do you remember when the shuttle went up? you remember the space shuttle? I think it was Challenger went up. And, and it was the first time in the history of the space program that I know of that they're going to let a, uh, just a private individual ride in the shuttle. Teachers all across the nation were applying for that position. And it came down to five finalists. One of the men that were one of the five finalists had his church praying that God would, that he, that God would show him favor and that he would win that program. He, he would win it. And it got down to it, and he, his name did not get drawn. But because he was one of the five finalists, he did get to go down to Florida to watch it take off. And as he stood there to watch it take off, in his heart, he was saying, God, I can't believe, you know, I, 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 I prayed and trusted you and believed you and, and asked you for your favor, and, and, and here I am watching it go up. And then all of a sudden, shortly after it launched, it exploded. And everyone's, everyone in that shuttle went into eternity. And that man learned a valuable lesson there, that sometimes... God's favor on your life doesn't always give you what you want. Because he knows what's best. Now, look, I wanted to go up in that balloon, but when it didn't happen, this second year in a row it didn't happen, I thought, okay, look, you know, God knows what's best. We're going to shoot for it again in the fall. If it doesn't happen in the fall, I'm probably just not going to go. I may do something safer, like jump out of a plane, you know, with a parachute or something. So what I'm saying is you've got to get it. Now, there's a guy, his name is Gideon. And Gideon is threshing out wheat and a wine press. It's down low because he's hiding from the Midianites because they're ripping them off, man. They're starving to death. And he's down there trying to hide what he's got. And an angel shows up and appears to him and says, Thou mighty man of valor. And he looked at the angel and said, Say what? No, he didn't say that. But I mean, how, have you ever been there where all of a sudden God is, call, is speaking to you and you say, th- well, I don't feel like any mighty man of valor. How many of you have ever felt like you weren't significant, that you weren't enough? Look at Gideon's words. Listen to Gideon's words. When the angel says that to him, the angel of the Lord appeared to him. This is Judges 6, 12. The angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, the Lord is with you, mighty man of valor. Gideon said to him, Oh, my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? And where are all his miracles which our fathers told us about, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. Sometimes when things don't go the way you want them to, we automatically think that God is against us. But sometimes... The reason things aren't going the way you want them to is because God is for you and he's trying to navigate you through the fog you ever been in a confused place in your life where you just didn't understand didn't know what to do didn't know which way to turn look that's God's not the author of confusion but when it comes to God's favor God's saying my favor's on you but I can't keep it on you and let you just go any way you want to go you're going to have to learn how to navigate the fog you've got to navigate my favor you You've got to be able to say not my will God but your will be done you've got to say here I am Lord use me Gideon is saying I don't get this man how how could God be with us and then the angel responds to Gideon and says no he said God is going to use you to deliver all of Israel out of the hands of the Midianites and Gideon responds and goes me He said, man, he said, we're the smallest of the tribe. He said, I'm the least in my father's house. How how could God use me? God wants to break that way of thinking off of us. Where all of a sudden we're going, I can't. I'm not able. God couldn't use me. Can I tell you that God's big enough to use anybody he wants to? But what we have to do is get ourselves in a position so we can navigate his favor. Bring the favor of God on your life. Gideon hears that and he begins to respond to it. And he thinks, man, I, I, you know, I've, I've got to, I, 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 just, I just need to know that God's really with me. Any of you ever been there? Like for 30 years or so, you know. Gideon goes, if this is, if this is really you, God, then I, I'm, I'm taking this this fleece of lambs wool and I'm going to lay it on the ground and if this is really you and you're really going to do it in the morning let the wool be wet and let the ground be dry he got up the next morning the ground was dry the wool was wet he squeezed it out and he goes I'm ready no he didn't he goes okay God if this is really really you Then I want you to do this again, but this time we're going to reverse it. And I want the ground to be wet and the wool to be dry. And so the next morning he gets up and the ground's wet and the wool's dry. And he's, okay, God, I'm ready. Everybody say, I'm ready. Can we do it one more time? No, I mean, could could, could God, could you make it wet one more time or dry? Isn't it odd how we just keep putting stuff out and putting stuff out, trying to get God to continue to prove himself? Can I tell you that God proved himself when Jesus stretched out his arms on Calvary's cross? For God so loved the world that he gave. Do you understand how much he loves you? He'd rather die for you than to live without you. So Gideon, now he knows he's supposed to go. He begins to gather up the Israelites, and he gets 32,000. Somebody go, woo 32,000. Some of you acting like 32,000, no big deal. What happened if 32,000 people showed up at your house tomorrow? Standing out in your yard saying, could you fix us breakfast? It's a big deal, right? He's going 32,000, but listen, the people he's going to fight against number over hundreds of thousands. He's got 32,000 and he's ready to go. And he's all right, God, let's go. And God said, no, 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 you got too many. I go, what? Too many. Lord, have you counted how many are on their side? No, you see, here's the deal, Gideon. I don't want you walking away from here feeling like you did this. I've got to get your mind in a position that when this victory comes, you're going to know without a shadow of a doubt that it was God that did it. <laughs> so he tells him, he says, tell everybody that's afraid to go home. I don't know what's going on in his mind, but I know what went on in mine. <laughs> and I'm thinking, okay, I might lose five, 600 people, you know. 22,000 people went home. It's a, it's a, it almost makes you wonder if Gideon's yelling at him. You coward! <laughs> but he doesn't. They, they just go home and he's got 10,000 left. And he's going, man, well, all right, though, you know, 10,000. Okay, God, I still trust you. you. We're going to do it with 10,000. God says, no, that's too many people. God, I mean, I'm not a math scholar. But they outnumber us like at least 10 to 20 to 1. He said, it's too many. Take them down to the river and have them drink from the river. And whoever gets down on their knees and puts their face in the water, send them home. Whoever puts their hand and brings the water up and drinks, set them aside because that's who I'm going to give you to win with. I, I, look, God gave me imagination for something. I, I, I see Gideon standing down there at the riverside, watching people, and, and, and they start getting, and, and when he sees people start to get down on their knees, it can't, I, I mean, I can't help but think, well, I mean, I know he didn't, but I, it, it, if I had been Gideon, I might've been going, don't do that, don't do that, don't do that, don't do that, don't, don't do that. This, don't, don't do that this. You know, we're always trying to coax people into doing the will of God is, aren't we? But the truth is, is we're never going to really do the will of God until it gets in our heart to do it. Until all of a sudden we trust that God is bigger than we are, that he's more than enough for us. And so they're drinking like this and he gets done and there's 300 men. And God says, Gideon, that's how you're going to win the battle. Okay, God. Gideon, do you need to be encouraged? What makes you think that, God? (laughs) God knows what's going on inside of us, doesn't he? He knows when we're afraid. He knows when we're in doubt. And he knows how to give us an answer. So he tells Gideon, he said, I'm going to encourage you. And this is what I want you to do. I want you to go down to the enemy's camp to get encouraged. You, you want me to go where <laughs> for encouragement? Go down there to those hundreds of thousands of people that want to kill you. And I'm going to encourage you there. God, <laughs> encourage? Is it, well, I, I just want to make sure we're on the same page here. Go down there. See, sometimes God asks you to do something that makes absolutely no sense to you. But if you'll do it, you're going to find out that his hand is in it. He goes, he goes down to the enemy's camp, and he's hidden, and he overhears two guys talking. One of them have had a dream, and he said, I had a dream that a barley cake came rolling into the camp, and it ro- now rolled over a tent and knocked it down. A barley cake was the least expensive bread. He said, I'm least in my father's house. He's showing him that what he's getting ready to do. The, uh, matter of fact, the other guy interprets the dream, not Gideon. It's the other enemy. And he says, I'll tell you what that is he said that's that that's Gideon God has given Gideon the victory over us he's going to destroy us and then Gideon goes back and he's thinking I may only have 300 but if God is for me who my friend can be against me you see with God it's not about how big the opposition is or how many they number it's about the fact that he is the great I am if I say he is God it doesn't help him be God if I say he's not God it doesn't stop him from being God my friend he is God all by himself and so he, he he goes in and then he determines he learns how to navigate the favor of God see when we're trying to navigate confusion we get nowhere because God's not in confusion It's not the author of confusion but when the favor of God is on your life and you begin to look to him that's why the scripture says if you'll acknowledge him in all your ways he'll do what he'll direct your path so Gideon goes back and he figures it out he figures out God shows him what he's got to do to be victorious same thing we have to do to be victorious let your light shine. He told those men of three that numbered three hundred, everyone to take a torch. He said, "You're going to put it under a picture, but when I shout, break your pictures and let your light shine." It was sound strategic advice because typically there was one torch among around 50 people per unit. They see 300 torches. (laughs) They figure thousands and thousands of people have to be out there. But really, it was just God. Because when they let their light shine, the enemy started turning on each other. I want you to hear me today that God has a plan for your life. He's not forgotten you. His favor is on you right now. And you say, Pastor, but I feel, I, I, I just feel like I, I don't count and I don't matter. The whole key was what you said at the first part of that. I feel. <laughs> Doesn't matter how you feel. Has anybody ever felt like not going to work in the morning? (laughs) Doesn't matter how you feel. (laughs) You go in anyway, right? Any of you youngins never felt like not going to school? I discovered, when I got up in the morning, I told my mom, I don't feel like going to school today. She didn't take my feelings into consideration. (laughs) Get up out of that bed. You're going to school. I feel will get you into a world of trouble. So what you have to quit saying instead of I feel is I know that if God be for me, who my friend can be against me? I know greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. I know that God is powerful, and in him there is no failing. There's no turning. He loves you. Turn around and look at your name and said he loves you. I know. I thought about how that we have to, when, when things Here's a lesson to be learned. When things don't go like we planned, it doesn't mean that God's not with us. Any of you ever not have something not go like you planned and, and felt like God had told you to do it? Huh? Did it ever occur to you that the reason things may not be going like you planned is because the devil doesn't want you doing it? What are you talking about? The first mission trip we ever made into Mexico, we had a car wreck. They had Debbie's family ends up in the hospital, and all of a sudden, man, the devil's screaming in my ear. Oh, this, this must not be the will of God. You're not supposed to go. You're not supposed to do this. Do you know why he was doing that? I didn't know why, but he knew that if I went ahead and followed after God, that there were going to be thousands of life that would be transformed, that people would never be the same. There would be missionaries that were birthed from those trips. And at the very, the very beginning of it, he's trying to stop it. Think about what he did with Moses. He tried to stop Moses. What did he do with Jesus at the very beginning? He tried to stop Jesus. I'm telling you, there's a God in heaven that cannot be stopped. And if you grab hold of him and hold on to him, they're not going to be able to stop you. In scripture, there's a prophet by the name of Habakkuk. He goes to God because he. There's a fog of confusion in his mind. And he goes to God, and this is what he's saying. He's saying, God, I don't get it. He said, Jerusalem, all, all these people that are supposed to belong to you, they're all acting like a bunch of heathens. I'm, I'm paraphrasing. He's saying, they, they're evil. They don't do what's right. And, and you're not doing anything about it. And God says, uh, well, Habakkuk, let me tell you something. I'm getting ready to do something. It's going to make your ears tingle. Well, what are you getting ready to do? I'm going to take the Babylonians. And I'm going to bring them in here. And he starts describing how they're going to come, man. And I'm telling you, he paints a picture of utter destruction and terror. He said, they are going to rip apart. They're going to tear down. This, is going, this city's is going to be an ash heap. And he just goes on. And then all of a sudden, it's amazing how quickly Habakkuk got an attitude adjustment. He goes, whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold on a minute, God. Surely you're not going to use people that are more wicked than we are to correct us. How's that right? You you wouldn't do that. He said, chapter (laughs) 3. He said, after I get done, after they do that, I'm going to turn on them and I'm going to smash the Babylonians and I'm going to cause Jerusalem to rise back up and they're going to know that I'm God. After he gets a hold of that, I want you to listen to what he says. Go to chapter 3, verse 17. This is the prophet. He says, even though the fig trees have no blossoms and there are no grapes on the vines, Even though the olive crop fails and the fields lie empty and barren, even though the flocks die in the fields and the cattle barns are empty, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in the God of my salvation. The sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes me as sure-footed as a deer able to tread upon the heights. What's he doing? He's saying, I heard... The rest of the story, I know how it's going to end, so I'm not going to get bent out of shape when things don't go the way I thought they ought to go. When things feel like they're falling apart, I'm still going to rejoice because I know what He said, and His promise is true. You ought to shout today, God. I trust You. I believe You. I know You're able. Can I equate it with where we're at right now? at the beginning of this year, the Lord spoke a word to me, this will be a providential year. And I tried to figure out what he was saying. I looked that word up and the word providential, one of the definitions was divine intervention. And it dawned on me, do you think Roe versus Wade wasn't divine intervention? It had been 49 years, my friend, and all of a sudden God just reached out and changed things. Do you remember me telling you that things were going to happen that could not happen without the hand of God? Friend, we're just halfway through this year. You ain't seen nothing yet. I'm telling you that God is getting ready to bring down strongholds. Now look. We're in some tight spots. We got some inflation going on, man. The interest rates are going up. And it's tough. Gas is five bucks a gallon, over five dollars a gallon. It's tough. Yet, I'm going to rejoice in the Lord. I'm going to joy in my salvation because I know how this ends. We're winners and not losers. Would you stand to your feet with me today? We got to get our focus out of a fog of confusion and begin to navigate the favor of God. Everybody say favor of God. Do you believe the favor of God was on Daniel's life? Well, why was he in a lion's den? you believe the favor of God was on Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego's life? Well, how come they wound up in a fiery furnace? Was the favor of God on Moses' life? Why is he running for his life from Egypt? God didn't say that he would keep you from all challenges and all tests and all trials. What he did promise is I'll bring you through them. (laughs) I'll bring you through them. So you need to know with an assurity today what he's not delivering you from, he's going to see you through. Stretch your hands to heaven with me right now. I believe. How many of you in this place want God's favor on your life? I want you to come to the front of this building right now. Just, just stand over here with me. Let me ask another question. How many of you feel like that you've been in a fog But it's not been a fog of the favor of God, it's been a fog of confusion, trying to tear you down and trying to take you out. You need to remember, you're not supposed to navigate this alone. Oh, that balloon was in that van. The basket was tied to the back of it. I could have hijacked it. I could have said, I'm going up. I don't care whether you are or not. I get up, (laughs) sometimes we get up and we don't know how to get down. We're up, we got no clue where we're at. We got no clue where we're going, you don't believe me, ask Dorothy. (laughs) Get in a basket and you don't know how to navigate, and you're going to wind up someplace where little people are telling you how you ought to act, (laughs) where evil is at every hand, but you need to remember this, that there's a God that knows how to get you home. She you stretch your hands to heaven with me right now. Frank, would you come up here? She you stretch your hands to heaven. I, I, I'm so thrilled at what God's done in your life. It's a testimony to the fact that it doesn't matter where you've been or how bad things got. God always knew where you were. And he always had a plan. father thank you God for what you're doing in him let that work continue father let your favor rest on him in Jesus name so stretch your hands to heaven with me right now this is what I want you to do is you stretch your hands to heaven with me just would you would you just Pray this prayer, God. I want you to direct me. I want you to lead me. I don't want to go this alone. I, I've done that before, and it, I, I never know where I'm at. I never understand what's going on in my life. I want you to direct me, and I know, God, that if you're directing me, I'm going to end up right where you want me to be. I may not understand every step of the journey, but I know I can trust you and you'll keep me safe. Father, I give you praise. I thank you, God, for you doing it now. God, I just pray, Father, that you apprehend his heart. Touch him, God, as he surrenders to you. I pray, God, that you... in Jesus name in Jesus name can you just stretch your hands and love him would you get someone by the hand right now i i want to pray a prayer with you all let me right before we pray i want to share this with you there's a man his name is George Mueller George Mueller is supposed to be speaking in Quebec, Canada, and he's on a ship. And he went to the captain, and he looked at the captain. He said, Captain, what time will we be be in Quebec? The captain looked at him and said, Mr. Mueller, have you looked at this fog? And George looked at him, and he said, No, Captain, I haven't, because my eyes aren't on the fog my eyes are on him. <laughs> he looked at me, he said, Captain, and he said, I have ministered for 50 years and I've never missed an engagement. He said, I don't plan to miss one now. He said, can we pray? The captain took him down into his quarters and George Mueller began to pray with the captain. He prayed a simple prayer and he thanked God for lifting the fog. Captain started to pray and the preacher stopped him. He said, there's no need for you to pray captain looked at him and said, what? He said, you don't believe it can happen. So there's no need for you to pray. He said, I've already prayed. He said, Open the door, you're gonna find out the fog's already lifted. And he the captain's looking at the guy, thinking, This guy is a fruit loop man. But when he opened the door up, the fog was gone and it was clear. I'm telling you that there is a God that can navigate the fog and his favor is on your life. So as you raise your hands together today and you pray this prayer, God, I'm not walking alone. I'm not navigating alone. I'm trusting you to be all that I need. And I'm going to find myself living in your favor. I give you praise for it right now. Come on and shout yes. Yes. Come here just a second. Stretch your hands to heaven with me. I want you to look at me for just a second. See, here's the deal is you don't always have to know where you're going You just need to trust the one that knows where you're going. I didn't, you know, when I get in a plane, I'm not up in the cockpit telling the guy where to turn. I'm just, and he said, well, but you don't understand. I got this fog around me. Look, I wouldn't get in the basket with that guy because he couldn't handle that fog. He couldn't navigate that fog. But I have stepped in jet planes and done 600 miles an hour through fog. Because the man behind the seat in the cockpit knew exactly how to get me where I needed to be. God knows exact. You may not know, right? In fact, you don't know. There's, there's, a, there's a, just a tinge of I, I don't, I, I don't know if it's confusion or uncertainty in you about your future. I'm telling you that God has your future secure, and you don't have to sweat it anymore. You know. I give you praise for it. Father, I thank you for it in Jesus' name. You're doing it now, and we give you praise. Come on and love Him with me today. Everybody say it one more time. I'm navigating the fog. I'm I'm, I'm not going to be in confusion, I'm not going to be in distress, I'm not going to be in fear. I'm going to stand in faith. I know I can't get to where I need to be by myself, but I don't have to try and make it by myself. <laughs> Stretch your hands, up with me. I trust you, God. I trust you, God. In Jesus' name. As you. Look, how many of you ever felt like you knew what was best? And so we're, and and we're always ready to let people know what, that we know what's best. Until you find out you don't know. (laughs) See, this is what I, this is what I want you to get don't try and navigate the journey for someone else let God take care of that focus on your journey you know what I found out this is what Paul said follow me as I follow Christ what was Paul saying Paul saying I'm not trying to navigate your journey I'm just keeping focused on where I'm going and if you'll follow after where I'm going, I know you're going to be okay too. Because my eyes are on Jesus. Somebody shouted with me. My eyes are on Jesus. Stretch your hands to heaven. We're going to pray together. Father, I thank you for your love and your goodness. I thank you, God, for this family of believers that you've put together. God, that you've knit our hearts together. I pray, God, for each one today. Lord, that you'll do them what they have need of even when they may think they don't need it at all I just ask today God that you help us navigate the fog Lord that the fog of confusion you'll drive away and the fog of favor you'll take us through just one step at a time we give you the praise for it in Jesus name and everybody shout yes yes yeah. Turn around, look at your neighbor, look him right in the eye and say this with me. You are, you are more, than more than a conqueror and you are, you are living in the fog. Favor of God's on your life. Amen. God bless you. Remember the meal over at the Life Center. We'll see you over there. We love and appreciate you. If you have a special need of prayer, just come up here and we'll pray for you now.